Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're starting Daf Lamigimu, Daf 33 of Friends, uh, we're getting close to the end over here. There's 35 uh, Daf of Hashanah, already up to 33, so we're really getting awfully close, which is very, very nice. Um, friends, what does Daf Lamigimu talk about? Uh, well, some halachas about shofar. Can you be Michal Shabbos in order to hear shofar? That's an interesting question. And uh, then we move on to another Mishnah, which talks about actually some of the technicalities of blowing the shofar. What's a tkia? What's a trua? What's a, uh, a shvarim? Very, very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. So let's uh, jump in over here. Says the Mishnah, about five lines from the bottom, shofar shoshashane. Oh. So when it comes to blowing the shofar on roshashane, in mavir and olav esatchum, so you cannot carry it outside of the, of the Trum Shabbos. Okay? Then, Mifakrin, all of a sagal, and you can't, if it's like under a pile of rubble, you can't like dig it out. Lo olin ba'ilon, you can't climb a tree in order to hear shofar, I guess. I don't know why you'd have to try and climb a tree to hear it, but, below, oh wow. Velo rochvin, um algabe, rochvin algabe behema, and you can't ride an animal in order to uh, hear the shofar, right? Because that's also midrabonon. And we don't, you can't float on water in order to uh, hear the uh, um, uh, shofar. Okay, fine. Also, and you can't cut a, uh, and you can't cut a uh, shofar, I guess if you need to, from the ram or whatever it is. Whether it's because of something that's also midrabonon, as we're going to see in the Gemara, what that is, or whether it's some also midu araisa, that's a low saisa, though you can't, uh, you know, cut the shofar in any way on, on Yom Tev. Avo, imrotzelite nesochomayim oyayin yitin. But if you want to sort of like um, fix the shofar, make the shofar better in some way by putting water or wine, well then, gishmak. In ma'akvin esatinokus miluska, uah. So you don't prevent the, uh, the, 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 the children from blowing the shofar. On, on Rosh Hashanah, you can even uh, help them out, assist them at Yomadu until they learn to blow the shofar. So you can even assist them. Wow. And a fellow who is like Misasik when blowing shofar, right? Let's say, I don't, he doesn't even, he's not even paying attention. He's not even intending to blow the shofar at all, let alone to be Yosef. The Mitzvah, he does, he's not even intending to blow the shofar. I don't know what he's doing. Somehow there's, maybe there's a shofar that he doesn't even realize and somehow it makes a sound. I mean, it's something that, you know, somehow the shofar made a sound and it was completely unintentional. So then you can't be Yosef with that. And, um, somebody who hears that also, you know, is not, it's not going to work. My timer, Frak the Gemara, how come Tkiya uh, shofar is not doche. How come you can't do melachis on Yom Tif in order to hear shofar? So because shofar essay who Yom Tif essay velosaisiv and essay doches losaisiv essay that while we have a concept that an essay is, is doche losaisiv that if you have a, a positive commandment it can sort of overrule a negative commandment. However, a positive commandment cannot overrule a negative commandment plus a positive commandment. So by by Yom Tif. There's a positive commandment and a negative commandment. So, right, something like that, or one of those kind of things that, um, that you don't, right, it says don't do malacha on Yom Tif, so that's a low saise, but it also says shabason, that it's a shabason, which is a, an essay, right, to, to, to um, a positive commandment to, to rest. So therefore, by Yom Tif, there's a positive commandment and a negative commandment, and therefore the positive commandment of blowing shofar does not override the positive plus negative commandment of, um, of, of, of Yom Tif. And that's why it's not doche 
that's why you can't be a dumalacha on on Yom Tif for tkias shofar. Lo olin ba'ilam v'lorochvan agabe behemah v'chules. Now um, we had said in the Mishnah that you can't uh, climb a tree, you can't uh, ride on an animal in order to hear the shofar. Now um, we've learned in the past that you don't ride. A, we learned in Masechta Beis, I think, um, maybe also Masechta Shabbos, but that you don't ride an animal because. What if you'll end up uh, breaking off a, a, a branch in order to like uh, hit the animal, I think we said, right? Or, or if you climb a tree, then you might kind of hop a fruit or something. So, so, um, these are also me, they're No, I'm sorry. Uh, breaking a branch or, or taking something off of a tree is taka also me, they're So, kilo, those are, so these are dinim, they're Right, that the rabbis say, don't climb a tree, don't uh, ride the animal so that you don't come to do an isu de So now, no, we, we had mentioned things like Tchum Shabbos, which are completely Dirabonon, or, or, or picking up things from a pile, you know, digging out of a pile, which is also completely Dirabonon. And we're saying that you're not allowed to do those for Tkiah Shofar and Yom Tov, so then obviously you should, you won't be allowed to, um, um, you know, ride an animal or climb a tree that we're actually concerned about that Dirabonon might, might get violated. So Zovein Tzarech Lomazo Katani so answers the Gemara with saying this and not you don't even need to say this right meaning you're not allowed to do the dira, right you're not allowed to walk past the Tchum Shabbos which is completely Dirabonon and it goes without saying that you would not be allowed to climb a tree or um, or or um, or uh, ride an animal uh, in order to hear the shofar okay. And you cannot cut the shofar. Whether it's for something that would be considered cutting midor abonon, or whether something that would be considered cutting midor rice, affect the gemara mishum shvus, or zok the gemara says the gemara mishum shvus magla lo saise sakino. What would be something that would be also midor abonon, a kind of cutting that would be also midor abonon? That would be with a sickle. If you usually you don't use sickles to um, cut chauffeurs, so therefore if you do, that would be also midor abonon. And a, a knife is sort of a more normal, more traditional way of, I guess, uh, cutting a chauffeur. And that would be also midor arais. And in fact, the Gemara, Hashem shem shvusom at lo, lo saisi miboya, zove in sarak lomazo katoni. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara asks, it says, one second, if you're not even allowed to use a sickle, which is also midor abonon, you're not going to be allowed to use a knife, which is also midor arais. So it goes without saying. So says the Gemara, that's exactly it. It goes without saying. What it's saying is that you're not allowed to use a sickle and certainly, you therefore would not be allowed to use a uh, knife. Okay. So now said, the Mishnah had said, if you want to put water or wine inside of the shofar, I guess it makes it better in some way you can. Now, friends, listen to this. in You're allowed to put water or wine into the shofar. Don't put urine in there. Masnisen money. Who's the author who says no putting urine in shofars? Abushali, it's taka Abushal, the Tan is one of the Baisa Abushal Omer, Mai Moyain Mutter, Kdilitsachho, but Miraglaim also from Nakovit. Well you're allowed to put wine or, or, or water into the shofar to make it better, but uh, urine is not even though it does a good job, but it uh, it's not very nice because uh, the shofar is we want to treat with respect. And I guess the assumption is that you know peeing into a shofar is uh, uh, I guess not ideal. Or some people might think so, I guess. Anyways, Abishol, that's what Abishol thinks. What do you guys think? We don't uh, prevent the uh, uh, children from blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. 
Ma'akvin, does that imply that uh, we, uh, if a woman wants to blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah, we would uh, say, hey, don't do that? Because if we said uh, a few days ago that uh, um, shofar is mitzvah seseh shazman gromu, in which case uh, women are pturis, and therefore, uh, so we're saying that uh, we don't prevent the children from blowing shofar, but women we would prevent. But we don't prevent, you know, we don't prevent children, but we don't prevent women either from uh, blowing shofar. Uh, it's no problem. Well, it depends. If it, it's the opinion of Yehuda or the opinion of Yosi and Shimon, the Tanis will embrace the Darbo Ben Israel that it says in the pasuk of doing smicha on a korban, leaning onto a korban before you offer it. Right? It says Ben Israel Som conveying Benosi Israel Som Chostiv Reb Yehuda. Reb Yehuda's opinion says, look, it says Ben Israel that the males they're the ones who lean on the animals, but the women don't lean on the animals. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Omim, Nashim, Som, Chos, Vishos. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yossi say, look, if, if women want to do smicha on their animal, they can do smicha on the animal. And therefore, we apply that also to mitzvah saseh shazman gromu. That women can completely do mitzvah saseh shazman gromu. And the same thing applies to tekiah shofar. And therefore, women can blow shofar as well on um, Rosh Hashanah. So it says that we don't prevent them. And actually, we, we, we help them. We, we help them learn to blow shofar. Amr Belazer says, Belazer, Afilu B'Shabbos, and that's even on Shabbos. Taninam Yachim, we'll also learn a price like this. Misaskin Boyen, Ad Shiyomadu, Afilu B'Shabbos. That we, that we help the children to learn to blow shofar, even if it's Shabbos. We don't prevent the children from blowing shofar on Shabbos, and certainly not on Yom Tif. Now this is inherently contradictory. On the one in Omar, on the one in we're saying that we, we, we actively help them and assist them to learn to blow shofar, even on Shabbos. Which means that we tell them, you know, it's, 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 we say, hey, let me, let me help you out over here. Blow shofar, let me help you, teach you. But then we say, we don't prevent them. Which implies that, yeah, we don't prevent them, but we also don't encourage them. So one second. The Reisha is saying that we encourage them to blow shofar. The Sefer is saying that we don't prevent them, but we won't encourage them. What is it? So, Lokash, it's no problem. It depends if the child has reached the, um, the, the age where, where, where we want to train him in doing mitzvahs. So if he's reached the age where we want to train him in doing mitzvahs, so then we encourage him. But if he has not yet reached that age, so then we don't prevent him, but we don't encourage him. The Mishnah had said that a fellow who um, is just, you know, doesn't blowing with absolutely no intention whatsoever, um, absolutely no intention whatsoever. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I mean, it's, he's not even like doing it to play music. Like he, I don't know. Somehow he ends up blowing the shofar. So it says that that he won't be able to say with that. Implying that, but if he's blowing shofar. At least uh, play music or something. So it'll be yotzei. If it's completely, I don't know how the thing ends up getting blown, but it gets blown. So we're saying that doesn't work. But if he ends up blowing it because he wants to blow it, even if he doesn't have the mitzvah of shofar in mind, it works. That a fellow who blows shofar in order to um, play music, is taka yotzei. So let's say that this Mishnah supports it. Because this Mishnah is saying if it was a complete accident, it doesn't work. Implying if it wasn't a complete accident, he blew the shofar, he wanted to blow the shofar, he just didn't have intention for the mitzvah. 
So it implies from the Mishnah you'd be Yotze. That's a support for Rav who says that you talk Yotze like that as well. He says that. So the Gemara says, well, maybe not. Maybe it's inconclusive. Maybe the author of our Mishnah would, would also say it's not just when it's a complete mistake, but even if it's to play music, it would be the equivalent because he doesn't have the intention for um, uh, the mitzvah and therefore um, and therefore yeah, the, 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 the author of our Mishnah may not agree that blowing the shofar for like musical reasons would work to be Yotzeh the mitzvah we said that a fellow who hears uh, from this person who um had no intention to blow a shofar is not yotze. Implying, but what if a fellow, right? What if Reuven is blowing shofar to be yotze, the mitzvah of shofar for himself though? Doesn't have Shimon in mind. So we're implying that we want to say that the mission implies that that would be okay. We're saying that a person who hears from somebody who had absolutely no intention to be blowing shofar, that doesn't work. But if the fellow did intend to be blowing shofar and did intend to be and did intend to be yotze the mitzvah of shofar, but he did not intend to be motzi the other person, it sounds like that would be okay. Only in a situation where it's a complete happenstance, it's not okay. But you know, if Reuven was planning to blow shofar, in that case, the the other fellow can be yotze as well, even if Reuven didn't have him in mind. So lemat have a truth to do observe. So let's say that this is a kashan observer, the Amr Observer, the Shamoi that we saw the other day, the Observer set his attendant, Ikhvunuskali, have me in mind and blow shofar for me. Implying that Yudavka ha- Ruven would have to have Shimon in mind. So Amphrit the Gemara, Dilma, I did the Tanaration, Misasik, Tanasef, and Ami Misasik. The Gemara says maybe it's not conclusive. Maybe the Mishnah is saying that no, Ruven would have to have Shimon in mind. The only reason why we mention that the per, that Shimon who hears from Ruven who has no intention at all to blow shofar, that's only because since the first part of the, we, we had said right before that, that a fellow who has no intention whatsoever to blow shofar is not Yotze. So then we also said that also somebody who hears from that person is not Yotze. But it's not limited to that case. You can argue that maybe also in a case where Ruven simply didn't have Shimon in mind, it would be a problem, in which case Rabzera was right in mentioning to his attendant to Davke, have him in mind. Okay, fine. Next, says the Mishnah, moving on. Seder Tkiyas, Shalosh, Shalosh, Shalosh. Okay? So says the Mishnah, that we blow Shofar and Rosh Hashanah three times. For Malchias, for Zichronis, and for Shofaris. And each time, there are three blasts. There's a Tkiyah, followed by a Shvarim, uh, followed by a Trua, followed by another Tkiyah. Okay, so again, Seder Tkiyas, when it comes to blowing the Shofar and Rosh Hashanah, Shalosh, so we do it three times, once in Malchus, once in Zichronis, once in Shofaros. Shal shalosh, shalosh, and each time is three. A tkia, then a trua, then a tkia. Shir tkia, kishalosh truos. And the length of, of one tkia, the Gemara is going to explain what this means exactly, but the, 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 the length of one tkia is that of three truas. And what's the length of a trua? Shir trua, kishalosh yibavis. And the length of a trua is, a yibava is just like, you know, kind of like we do our truas, just like broken up. So we're saying that the length of a trua is basically three very, very short blasts. So we're saying that the length of one tkia is three truas, and one trua is three very quick blasts. Okay? Talk about Rishona, as we've seen the, a few times already, that if the fellow blew 
a tkiya before the right for the first tkiya of Malchias. Umoshach Bashnia, and then on the the final tkiya of Malchias, he extended it kishtaim for the length of two tkiyas, so that it could theoretically, in terms of length at least, work for the tkiya after Malchias and the tkiya before Zichronis. Ein elaachas, nonetheless, it only counts as one tkiya, not two, because we don't break them, break up a tkiya. If a fellow already daven Musaf, they finished Musaf and they didn't have a shofar available to them, and a shofar became available to them after Musaf. So you do tekiya, true tekiya, three times, right? Once for Malchias, once for Zichronius, and once for Shofarus. And, and, and that, that's what you do in that case. And just like the um, representative of the congregation has an obligation to blow shofar, also, every individual is, uh, has an obligation to hear the shofar. Omer says that the um, representative of the congregation, the Shleach Tzibor, can um, um, be motzi everybody, their obligation can um, sort of, um, yeah, help every, you know, the, the representative of the Shleach Tzibor, he blows shofar and everybody is yotze the mitzvah of shofar. But one second. We said in our Mishnah that the length of a tkiah is the equivalent of three truas, but we have a price that says the length of one tkiah is the equivalent of one trua. So is it the is it the length of three truas or one trua? So Amr Abayis is Abayi Tanadidon, Kachoshiv Tkiah de Chulu Bave, Uchu is the Chulu Bave, Tanabara Kachoshiv Chad Bava Vesulo. Says Abai, look, they're saying the same thing. When our Mishnah says that the length of a tkiya is like the length of three truas, actually we're saying that the length of all the tkiyas combined, the length of three tkiyas is the length of three truas. And the Bryce is saying that the length of one tkiya is the length of one trua, i.e. it's a one-to-one ratio. One tkiya is the length of one trua. The Mishnah was essentially saying that the length of three tkiyas is the equivalent of the length of three truas. And the Bryce is saying, right, that's what our Mishnah said. The Bryce is saying that the length of one trua is the equivalent of the length, uh, the length of one tkiyas is the equivalent of, of, of the length of one trua. It's the same thing. So again, how could our Mishnah say that the shear of one tkiya is like the shear of three truas? If we have a Bryce that says that the shear of one tkiya is like the shear of one trua, Amr Abai says, Abai Tanadidon Kochashiv Tkiya de Chulu Bave, which was the Chulu Bave. Says Abai, no, our Mishnah actually was talking about all the tkiyas and all the truas. That three tkiyas are equal to three truas. And Tanabara, Kochashiv, the Brisa was teaching, Chad Bava Vesulo, just one tkiya and one trua are the equivalent. Okay? Shiru trua kigimu yibavis. We said that the amount of a, tr- uh, um, a trua is just three very, very instantaneous short blasts. But we learn in a Brisa, Shiru trua, that the length of a trua is Kishlosha Shvarim. Is like the length of three shvarim, and a shvarim is longer than a than a, than, than a uh, yibava. Yibava is literally the shortest possible sound, whereas a shvarim is is, is longer. It's like a whale, you know, kind of like uh, we do in shul, right? The tkiyas, the the truas are super fast blasts, and the uh, shvarim are, are longer. So Amr Abayis is Pligay. Okay, so clearly there is a machlokus over here that our mission is saying that they're yibavas, which are very short, and this brisa is saying that they are. Shvarim, which are longer. As the Pasuk says, Yom Trua Yelachem. The Pasuk says it will be a day of Trua, Mutagiminon, and the Aramaic interpretation, uh, translation is, Yom Yibava. It's a day of Yibava. And the question is, what exactly is a Yibava? 
Yehelechon should be fiyuch. Sif be'imi de Sisra, it says by the mother of Sisra, that ba'arachalun nishkifa, that she was waiting, looking out of the window, va'tiyabevim Sisra, and she was being miyabev. Ma'asova ganuche gonach, the question is, what does it mean that Vatiyabev sister? What does it mean that she was Miyabev? So one opinion is that Miyabev means that uh, it was sort of very short, kind of um, very kind of um, so one one of them says that it was kind of like more like longer wails, and the other one says it was like very short kind of uh, cries. So it depends how you understand it. So therefore, um, yeah. So therefore, the question is, are true as the equivalent? of three very, very short ones, or is it true of the equivalent of three kind of longer um, whales kind of things? So that, that that that's the question there when it comes to a true. All right, well, friends, that was Daf Lamad Gimel of Masech the Rosh Hashanah. I hope you enjoyed it. What did we, what, what did we learn about? So we basically learned that uh, you're not allowed to be over on any Midr Abonans or any Midr Arises in order to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of shofar. You can't travel outside of Tchum Shabbos. You can't, you know, cut the shofar in some way, whether with a dirabonan, you know, with like a sickle, which is also midirabonan, or with a knife, which is also midiraisa. Uh, you can't use any of them. Um, we said that, uh, you know, if uh, if children want to blow shofar on, on Rosh Hashanah, no problem. We can even teach them to blow shofar. Um, and, and we say that if once they've reached the age of chinuch, that they're old enough, uh, that we have to help them, assist them in teaching them how to do mitzvahs, so then we can even actively assist them in blowing shofar. But if they're younger than that, then we don't stop them, um, but they can nonetheless blow shofar. Um, and then we learned about the order of the tkiyas, right? We said that by Malchios, Zichonis, and Shofaros, we blow the shofar, we do one tkiyah, one trua, followed by another tkiyah. And we said that the uh, length of a tkiyah is the same as a trua. And a trua is three yabavas. And the question is, what exactly are these yabavas? Are they very, very short blasts? Or are they sort of longer um, blasts? And that's the question. Uh, friends, that was Daf Lamad Gimel. Masech Rosh Hashanah. Hope you enjoyed. Cheers.